0: If you got your Bible there, let's go to two openings. First John 1 and James 1. First John 1 and 5, it says, This then is the message which we've heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Why don't you say that out loud, that last phrase there. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 6, he said, uh, If we say that we have fellowship with him, with God, and we're walking in darkness. Now let's just remember what we just read. He's light. So how are you going to be walking with him and him light and you're in darkness? Because if you're really walking with him, You'd be in light, because he's light. So if you're walking in darkness, you can't be walking with him. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we're lying. We lie and do not the truth. We're not doing the truth. And he didn't say, you're wrong, you're confused, you're mistaken, you're ignorant. He said, you're lying. So that means, and the rest of the phrase reveals it, you're not doing Something you know. You're not doing the truth you know. That's why you're walking in darkness. And you're lying about the light that you have. Verse 7. Verse 7 he said. But if we walk in the light. As he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ his son. Cleanses us. From all sin. If we say that we have no sin. Now you have to go back to the 6th verse. If you're walking in darkness. And you say you don't have sin. Then we're deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You remember James 1.22 said. If you're a hearer and not a doer. You deceive yourself. It's the same idea here. If we say we don't have sin. And we're walking in darkness. We're not doing truth we know. We are deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Verse 9. If we confess our sins. We have violated light. We have done something we shouldn't have done. Or we didn't do something we knew we should have done. Yet that's not the end. We can confess it. I said we can confess it. And he is what? Faithful and just. To forgive us our sins. And, somebody say and. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. An important distinction should be made between Old Testament and new relative to sins. Under the Old Testament, God's covenant people had their sins covered. And remembrance was made of those sins every year when animals' blood was shed. But the Bible says that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin all it could do was cover it and I know a lot of songs even in some of the hymnals will talk about us New Testament Christians having our sins covered but that's not right our sins are not covered our sins are washed away oh come on saints is that worth shouting about we the Lord doesn't just forgive us Of our sins. Read it again, verse 9, put it back up. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. What's the next word? And. And. He forgives us, and. And he cleanses us from all sin. Oh, my, my, my. What does it mean to be cleansed? Well, you are purified, you are washed. All of the defilement, the corruption is removed. It's gone. No stains, <laughs> no debris, <laughs> no remnant from your sin. I know I, when I think about some of these things, I remember what my father in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagan, uh, said he had more than one vision of the Lord. And one of the first ones that he had back in 1950. He was in a meeting and he said the Lord called him, Come up. And he came up and, and left his body. And he said he saw the throne, he saw the winged creatures, he saw the, the rainbow, he saw the Lord. And for the first time that he looked at him, he said he would, he just, people asked him, What does he look like? And he'd describe him his height and approximate weight and his hair. He said the most notable feature was his eyes. He said it looked like, you could look down into them a mile deep. And he said, uh, he'd never been able to improve on this. He said, they looked like wells of living love, his eyes. And he said, he looked at him for the first time and was just overwhelmed and overcome. And he fell on his face before him and said, Lord, nobody as unworthy as I should look on your face. And you'd feel that way. But he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, get up, stand up on your feet. And of course, you know, he didn't think about not doing it. Up he comes and he says, he's standing there before the Lord. He said, the Lord looked at him and said, I have made you worthy to look on my face. Oh my, is it true? Is it true? There's nothing you and I could ever do to make ourselves worthy. But people that keep on talking about how unworthy they are. Listen, you're either saved or you're not. If you're saved, you're not unworthy. If you're unworthy, you're not saved. Now, I know this flies in the face of hundreds of years of church teaching. But you going to believe what the church says or the Bible says? No. The Bible says Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. He was made sin with our sin. Did he deserve that? So then now, we that put faith in Him, we've been made righteous with His righteousness. Did we deserve that? No. But just as surely as He was made sin with our sin, we've been made worthy and righteous. With His righteousness. He has made us worthy to be received, to come boldly. If He hasn't made us worthy, we can't go to glory. We can't be with the Father. We can't be in heaven with unapproachable light. So you're either saved or you're unworthy. How many believe God that He has made you worthy? He has made you. So even if you miss it, confess your sin. Admit it. Acknowledge the truth. And He will forgive you and He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Can you say thank you, Lord? Go to James 1, please. He has made me worthy. Thank you, Lord. James chapter 1 and 22. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Deceiving your own selves. He talks about that. Being a hearer, not a doer, is like a man looking into a mirror and then forgetting what he saw. And it goes on to say in verse 25, but whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty continues there, and he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. We see uh, uh three references here to self-deception in these two passages we've read about a person deceiving their self, deceiving their self. And studying this again, I was uh, impressed uh, how many times the Lord warns us about deception. Let me just read some to you. You don't have to turn to all these, but just listen to a sampling of New Testament only now, I'm just reading in the New Testament, scriptures where he cautioned us about deception. Matthew 24, 4. He said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Mark 13:5. Take heed lest any man deceive you. Luke 21, 8. Take heed that you be not deceived. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Be not deceived. 1 Corinthians 15:33. Be not deceived. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. Ephesians 5, 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Colossians 2, 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit or deception. Second Thessalonians 2, 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. First Corinthians 3, 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. Is this important? Yeah. If it's in the Bible once or twice. That's important. But here, that's some ten or so times where he said, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Why would the Lord tell us so many times, don't be deceived? Because it's all around us. It's an ever-present danger. And then also in Galatians six three talks about a person deceiving himself and again in 1 corinthians 3 18 let no man deceive himself so here's with the others we've read there's some four or so references in the new testament to deceiving your own self now what is deception if you look up the word you'll find some basic definitions repeated one of them is simply this to mislead To deceive is to mislead. Another definition is to falsely persuade. To falsely persuade. Then another definition is to betray. To betray. To mislead. To falsely persuade. To betray. People who are practiced liars. You can hear them trying to persuade. And they'll they try to throw things in to uh, strengthen what they're saying. Trust me. Believe me. I swear. I promise. If I'm lying, I'm dying. And the list goes on. What are they endeavoring to do? They're endeavoring to persuade you of what? Persuade you that a lie is true. And if they are using your trust in them to persuade you of a lie, isn't that a betrayal? Certainly it is. To mislead, to falsely persuade, to betray. This is the very nature of the devil. It is one of the preeminent things that makes him who and what he is. He is called the deceiver. Look in Revelation, please, the 12th chapter. You remember Jesus said in John that, that Satan is the father of lies. It's about the only thing I know of that he fathered. <laughs> he is the father of lies. And uh, of course if you're trying to deceive. You're telling lies. You're trying to convince somebody. Of a lie. In uh, Revelation. The 12th chapter. Verse 9. It says the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent. Called the devil. And Satan. Which does what? What? Which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. He is the deceiver. Who leads astray. Who falsely persuades. Who betrays. The whole world. And the Bible tells if you skip over in Revelation to the uh, 20th chapter. You'll see in Revelation where it tells what's going to happen how that an angel is going to come down and and lay hold on him and put him in chains and throw him in the pit for a thousand years. And in Revelation 23, said he'll cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should what? Verse 3, it's up on the screen, that he should deceive the nations no more. Till thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little uh season. then, in verse eight, it reveals when he is loosed after that season it says he'll go out and do what after a thousand years in the pit, as soon as he's able to get out, what's the first thing he does? starts deceiving people again. He deceived the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to to battle. And down in verse 10, this ain't going to last long this time though. The devil that what deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. Won't it be wonderful to live in a world without the deceiver? The Bible warned us that in the last days, things would get worse and evil men, seducers would deceive and would be deceived. The more the enemy is in manifestation, the more deception there is, the more lying there is. You can tell there's no way that anything of God is producing a lie. People talk about well, you know, I know that wasn't exactly true, but you know I told them that for their own good and and it works out for the the best uh-uh, no, the end does not justify the means no no, no way, no how that God is ever a partner to a falsehood or a lie or deception. He is truth, and he is light, and in him is no darkness at all, and there's no shadow, there's no uh Half truth there's no deception at all in him tell me the good thing about truth what will truth do for you does anybody know the truth will make you free and that's you know one of the reasons why the enemy doesn't want you to get into the truth because he wants to keep the whole world under his thumb he wants to be in control look in Second uh, Corinthians please The fourth chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2, said we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Now let's, let's talk about that. There are preachers who use verses and leave impressions they know are wrong. They know that's not what the scripture means. Not just preachers. There are parents who do this with their children. Did you hear me? They quote scriptures and say things that they know their kids don't understand. They're being deceitful with the truth. Handling the word of truth with deception. How many know this ought not be? Now don't get your mind on somebody else and judge them. Let's judge ourselves. Let's see to it that we are nothing except honest. Every day, every night, with everybody, every situation, you are honest with the light that you've been given. You're sincere with what you see and know. You don't act like you don't know it when you do. You don't act like you know it when you don't. (laughs) Are y'all with me, friends? This is so important. Because this falseness will be a wall between you and the Lord. You can't con God. You can't snow God. Did you know this now? No, no way, no how. He sees through everything and sees right into the heart, doesn't he? He knows your thoughts and your intentions. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. So the only way that you can have fellowship with him, remember our text? If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The only way you're going to have fellowship with Him is if you're doing everything you know to do and being honest about everything you know and see and sincere. Then you can walk with Him. If you're going to play games, if you're going to pretend, if you're going to lie, if you're going to deceive, you're in darkness. And if you say you're walking with the Lord, you're lying. Because there's truth you know that you're not doing. Can you see this, friends? I don't know about you, but I'm excited about light from these verses. I'm seeing things better than I've seen it before. Light is not just for seeing, though. What's light for? Walking in. Walking in. in. Second Corinthians, fourth chapter. Keep reading. He said, verse three, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Now you'll see what's going on with everybody on the planet that's lost. In whom the God of this world, who's he talking about? Satan who is the deceiver, who's gone out to deceive the whole world. The God of this world has done what? He's blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What treasure? This light. This light is in us. Did you know we're called children of light? Did you know we are now called the light of the world too? That we're, and we're not supposed to be hidden or covered. We're supposed to shine. We're not supposed to all move in the remote part of the wilderness and hide out till Jesus comes. We're supposed to shine bright where everybody can see. And people are supposed to be seeing that God is real and that God is good just by watching you. Because you are light. But you know, the you and I can get more light, can't we? And so the light that is in us can get brighter. Brighter and brighter and brighter. And did you know this? The brighter the light, the further away it can be seen. <laughs> Isn't that true? The brighter the light, the further away it's impacting and affecting lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud, I'm going to let my light shine. Now, we saw that the scriptures, Jesus, the Spirit of God through others, warns us repeatedly. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't let anybody falsely persuade you. Don't let anybody lead you astray. Don't let anybody betray you into trusting something that you ought not trust. But he cautions us, we see some four or so times in the New Testament who are warned about deceiving ourselves. How does that happen? How is it, now think about the definition, how is it that you persuade yourself of a lie? That you lead yourself astray that you betray your own self does that happen obviously it does how does it happen look with me in Luke the 6th chapter and I believe we'll see some things that help us to understand this Luke chapter 6 thank you Lord thank you for light the entrance of his word gives light. He gives understanding to the simple. Our path, the path of the righteous, is shining brighter and brighter every day until the full sun. Midday, bright, direct, no shadow, fully lit, hotly lit. <laughs> bright light. Uh, Luke 6. Verse 41. He said. Why beholdest thou the mote. That is in thy brother's eye. And perceivest not the beam. That is in your own eye. Now I looked up these words again. Mote. One definition was. A small tiny piece of straw. Another one was a tiny piece of wool. We might call it piece of fuzz, speck, instead of moat. The word beam is the word for timber. Like might help hold up a wall. (laughs) No joke. Boy, you talk about a contrast. (laughs) Timber. And he said, verse 42, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me pull that speck of fuzz. Out of your eye. When you yourself. Beholdest not. The timber. That is in your own eye. Now did you see this? Beholdest not. You're not looking at. You're not looking at. You're not seeing. The beam. The timber that's in your own. You couldn't hardly say I. Face. Head. It's a timber. It ain't a splinter. It ain't a speck. It ain't a splinter. Not even a plank. Beam. (laughs) And yet you're saying. Let me help you. (laughs) With your fuzz. (laughs) Keep reading. He said. You hypocrite. Hypocrite. Cast out first the timber out of your own eye, then you shall see clearly to pull out the fuzz, the speck that's in your brother's eye. (laughs) Now we've heard and known this for years, but let me ask you a question. How are you going to have a beam across your face and you don't know it? (laughs) Isn't this deception? This is exactly what he's talking about. How, how in the world can you have a big piece of timber across your eyes and your face and you get to the point where you don't even realize it's there anymore? How? I submit to you that in the beginning when this timber first got there, They were acutely aware of it. You got to be. No way you can't be. But, you can pretend it's not there. You can ignore it. And the amazing thing about human beings, you can get accustomed to almost anything. You go long enough, I mean, the first several days and weeks, you get up and you got this beam across your head. You bump it on everything and you can't see past it and you talk about a drag and a problem, but you just keep pretending like people around you are talking about the beam. You go, ah, that's all right. Forget the beam. It's, it's no big deal. And, and you keep pretending that it's not there. You can eventually persuade yourself it's no big deal. And act like it's not there until you get to the place where you actually believe it's not there. And you're spiritually perceptive enough to detect fuzz in other people's eyes. (laughs) Across the way. Isn't this a picture of self-deception? You have deceived yourself. Can you see this, friends? It's very simple. It's not complex, the Lord holds us accountable for what we know, for what we see, and sin is not as complicated as people have made it out to be. Sin is violation of light. Put up James four again, please james four seventeen We're not done with this passage, but let's refresh ourselves on this before we talk more about that. James four. 17, what does it say? Therefore, to him that knows, knows, to him that what? He knows something. In this case, he knows to do good. And does it not, to him it is sin. Did you notice twice it says to him? Why Why say to him? Why not just say it's sin? Because it's only sin to him. Because of what him knows. The Young's literal translation of this says. uh, This is the literal rendering from the Greek. To him then. Knowing to do good and not doing. Sin it is to him. In the original you hear the emphasis even more. On the to him. Don't you? To him. Knowing to do good and not doing. Sin it is to him. It starts with to him. It ends with to Him. Why the emphasis on it being sin to Him? Isn't sin, sin? No. Sin is violation of light. Do everybody have the same light? No. Then it's not the same. Uh, Go with me to Romans 7, please. Sin is ignoring rejecting, overriding, violating what you see, what you know. Before I, I read Romans 7, I'm trying to move too fast here. This is such a big subject. Let me remind you of some things that Jesus said. We saw this already in our study of John some, but let me just remind you. In Matthew 21, you would have to turn there, but in Matthew 21, verse 31, uh, Jesus warned them. He said uh, the publicans and the harlots are going into the kingdom of God before you do. <laughs> that did not make him any friends with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Verse 32. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you believed him not but the publicans and harlots believed him. And you... Do you see that next phrase? And you when what? <laughs> when you had seen it Repented not afterward that you might believe. So these people that he's talking to that act like they don't see and know. They see more than they're acknowledging. He said you saw it. And yet you refuse to repent. The scripture tells us in John 15. This is what we said that we saw in our study of a gospel account of John. Excuse me. John 12. John 12, 42, he said, among the chief rulers, many believed on him. Now, you know, we knew Nicodemus believed on him, but most people don't think that many of the chief rulers believed on him. Why? Because it went on to say, because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. They wouldn't acknowledge that they believed on him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. And when they had their meeting, deciding what to do, and they're going to turn him over and try to get him killed and crucified, they went along with it. They agreed. Did they sin? Yes, Yes, they did, because they knew better. These are people that studied the scriptures all their life. And they saw Jesus fulfilling prophecy after Amen. prophecy after prophecy. They knew it more than the common man. They knew it. But they acted like they didn't know it. And that, my friend, is sin. Ignoring, rejecting, violating light. That's what sin is. Jesus, you know, when he healed the blind man, he said afterwards, he said, I'm coming into this world That those that are blind might see. And that those that see might be made blind. And the Pharisees spoke up and they said, what? Are we blind too? And he said this, John 9, 41. He said, if you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. This is the problem, friends. That people see more than they act like they see. People know more then they act like they know. And it's dangerous if you see and know something, and yet you choose not to do it and walk in it, now you have opened yourself up to be led astray, to be persuaded of a lie. Because if you don't want the truth, what else is there to believe but lies? And if you're walking in darkness and not doing the truth, and yet you say you're walking with the Lord... Can't be true. You're lying. You're not doing what you know to do. But if you walk in the light. As he's in the light. Then your fellowship is full. And unhindered and uninterrupted. And if you are making some mistakes. Ignorantly. The blood of the lamb is cleansing you. Continuously. Hallelujah. And you stay in the light. And you walk in the light. And for you. It just gets brighter and brighter. But we must. Be true. To what we know. We must be honest. About what we see. Look at this in Romans 7. If you want to study more of this on your own. These chapters here in Romans 5. 6 and 7 in particular. uh, Are a wealth. Of revelation. On what we're talking about. Read them carefully. And see what we're talking about. There's much more light here. Than what we can get into in, in a few moments. But in Romans 7. Verse 7, he said, is the law sin? God forbid. No, I had not known sin, but by the law. Did you hear that? How did he know what sin was? The law was light that revealed this is right and this is wrong. Telling the truth is right, lying is wrong. Helping your brother is right, stealing is wrong. The Ten Commandments are light and the whole law is just light. I mean, uh, a lot of it you think, well, it just, you know, it just makes sense. If you borrow your brother's equipment and it breaks while you're using it, you're supposed to pay for it. If you were paying him for the hire of it and he's using it and it breaks, you don't have to pay for it. That's the law. A lot of people never looked at it close enough to see, but it just you look at it and you think, well, yeah, that's right. But the reason we know these things is because that light has been in the earth now for centuries. If the light had never been there, you wouldn't know the difference. Our parents' values that they taught us and their grandparents and their parents and parents before them, they got light from the law and from now, from the gospels and from the truth. But he said, I wouldn't have known what sin was, except for the law. Keep reading. He said, I had not known lust, except the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be to death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. So he's describing the, what happens, that the, the light revealed to him what was right and wrong, but then every person, from Adam on through, except for Jesus, when they knew what was right, still chose wrong. And that's sin. The Bible said concerning Adam and Eve, says Eve was deceived out there with the tree. Adam was not. What does that mean? It means Adam chose, excuse me, Eve chose to believe what the serpent was telling her. She bought into it. She let him deceive her. Adam knew better. He knew it wasn't true. He did it anyway. He chose to do it anyway. And so both of them sinned. And as a result of sin, death has come. Oh, but thank God, somebody (laughs) has come and borne our sins and paid the penalty for them and has been raised from the dead. For our justification. And his blood. Speaks from the mercy seat. It speaks cleansing. And innocence. And righteousness. Not earned. Not merited. Not deserved. But freely given. To all who will receive it. By faith. Somebody say thank you Lord. Lord. Say it again. "Thank Thank you Lord. Let's go back to this thing about how can you deceive yourself. We've already seen it, but how can you deceive yourself? Well, go to Luke 11. This will make it plainer. If you got a beam in your face, (laughs) how did you get used to that? To where that you pretend it's not there anymore. You've convinced yourself you are beam free. And yet, <laughs> you've got this honking timber <laughs> across your face. How else could you be so hypocritical as to come down on somebody else for a piece of fuzz? And you got this beam unless you have deceived yourself that it's not there. In Luke 11, verse 34. Luke 11:34. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore when your eye is single, everybody say single. Single eye, single vision. Your whole body also is what? Full of light. But when your eye is evil, evil, your body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in you be not darkness. If your whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle does give you light. Remember, we saw in in Matthew 13, 15, he was quoting from Isaiah, and it's mentioned more than oh, three or four or five places in the Bible, about people who had closed up their ears, and it says, Their eyes, they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, be converted, and I should heal them. Who closed their eyes? They, the Amplified says, they closed their eyes tightly. We've talked about this already. No matter how bright the light is shining, no matter how bright the sun is shining, you can close your eyes tightly and it's dark to you. You can say, oh, it's so dark in here. Well, no, the light's shining bright. No, it's dark. It's dark, can't see a thing. No, the light's bright. It's dark, I'm telling you, it's dark. Don't tell me what I see. I know I don't see it. Well, open your eyes. <laughs> this is the problem. Single eye full of light. Evil has to do with duo. Bible talks about wavering. The Bible talks about of being two minds and being double minded as opposed to being single. When you know the truth, that's all you should look at. When you know the truth, that's all You should look at. And if you keep your eyes single. On the truth. You will stay in the light. And you'll stay full of light. But there are many voices in this world. And there's a lot of lies and deception. And things trying to get your attention. That's why the Lord warned us so many times. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't deceive yourself. Why? Because there's all this other stuff out here. That's different from the truth. And if the enemy can get your attention, say, hey, look at this. Look at this. Yeah, but it contradicts the truth. Yeah, but look at it. It feels that way. It looks that Look at it. And if you look at the wrong thing, what's going to happen? When you look away from the light, it's going to get dark. And if you're looking at the wrong thing and meditating on the wrong thing, rejecting the truth out of hand, you're going to persuade yourself. Or let somebody else persuade you that a lie is true. And if you do that, it's going to be dark. You're going to be in darkness. You're going to stumble in darkness. This is how it works. People are all over the place. Christians, and you've probably done this yourself more than once. People are saying, Lord, if you'd just show me. Lord, if you would just let me see. Oh please, Lord, open my eyes and let me see what is the answer. How do I deal with this thing? What is this, Lord? If you could, if you could just help me and show me what to do. Oh please, y'all, y'all pray that I'd see and know what to do. I'm gonna send in prayer requests over here and over there, and y'all y'all fast and pray that I would see because I want to see. I want to see we're talking about millions of Christians right now millions of Christians and the thing is the further you go in this it gets worse oh please Lord it's dark in here they got their eyes tightly closed they got beams over their face And so they're tripping and hitting and, and going, Oh, Lord, help me. I need help. Oh, oh, Lord, if you could just help me. Oh, please, y'all, pray for me. Help me. Oh, I hit my toe again. Oh, man, life is hard. Whoo, life is hard. It's hard going through this old life. Well, yeah, with your eyes tightly closed and a beam across your head. Who closed your eyes? You did. And why would this be here? Now we're not just talking about a few days. You're already tired of looking at me like this. Aren't you? Everything about you is saying what? Move that. Get that out of the way. Christians do this for years. 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 Now you do this long enough you get used to this. You get used to kind of trying to looking around and looking through. If you did this for 15 years, this would become normal to you. And yet, you're in darkness. Things are not working. Same problem you had 15 years ago. Still not overcoming. How can you get free? How can you get free? Does anybody know? Tell me what'll set you free. What'll help, what'll get you free? The truth will make you free. Go to 2 Timothy, please. 2 Timothy and the uh, fourth chapter, verse 15. I, I told you wrong. 2nd chapter, 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. He said, verse 24, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Preachers, ministers, parents, leaders, listen. This is you. This is us. We must be what? Back up to verse 24. We must be gentle. And we must be patient. What does it mean to be patient? Instructing those that oppose themselves. Now, if you're trying to lead yourself astray, you are your own enemy. If you're trying to persuade yourself of a lie, you are your own problem. And leaders and ministers... You have to be patient because you've got this situation with people and they're going, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. And you go, uh, this right here, this right here. And they go, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I mean, and you go right here, right here. And they want to counsel another four hours. Yes. Yeah, but we need prayer. We needed counseling. And you need to go, uh, and just say it like you've never said it before, patient and meek. And you go, well, What about this? What about what? What about this? This. I just don't know. I have a headache now. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. And I'm going to (laughs) cry. And you just hand him a tissue. And then you say. Okay. What about this? (laughs) What about this? (laughs) Person after person, I don't mean once, I don't mean twice, more than scores of times. Hundreds and hundreds of times, I guess. Maybe more than that. Person after person that the Lord has used me, used Phyllis, used us to help, looked at me and said, I knew that. I knew that. Our job, you know, in this new covenant, he said, in that day you'll not say it to every man, to his brother, know the Lord. They'll all know me. From the least to the greatest. And so. There's no way. That the spirit of God. Wasn't already talking to them. And if they won't listen to him. Then don't be surprised when they won't listen to you. And if they won't be honest with God. Won't be honest with their self. Don't be shocked when they're going to tell you a lie. And the problem is. You keep going down that path. You get to where you believe the lie. You are deceived. And friend, that is a bad place to be. If the truth will make you free, what will believing lies do? It will bind you. It will put you in bondage. Read the rest of this phrase. Here's the good news that we're talking about. How, to, how do you get free? How do you get out of that? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Just keep kindly, not judgmentally. Don't have to be harsh, but just keep kindly bringing back to this right here. What about this? What about this? Come on, you've got to look at this now. Don't act like that's not there. There's a beam right there. Ooh, there's no beam. Yeah, there's a beam. <laughs> and 15 years ago, when it first laid across your head, you knew it was a beam. You felt it, and you knew it for days, and you knew it for months. But you've ignored it and pretended it's not there until now. You believe it's not there. Oh, but it's there. It's there. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance. Why would it say it like that if God would perhaps give them repentance? Because they have ignored Him so long and rejected Him so long He doesn't owe them another chance. Did you hear this friends? But because He is so merciful. Merciful. And so gracious, even after 20 years and 20,000 times of ignoring him and rejecting him, if you say, Lord, would you show them again? Would you please grant them the gift of repentance? Repentance is a gift. Grant them repentance so that they could come to their senses and that they could do what? That they would acknowledge The truth. What does that mean? That you go, this? This? Well, this has been here for 15 years. Exactly. This? Yes, this. Yes. And what would happen when a person truly will humble themselves and repent and will admit what they have known all along and what they've been hiding and pretending and playing games? What will happen? Come on, look at the next verse. What will happen? What will happen? They... Will recover themselves. Out of the snare of the devil. This is deliverance. This is real deliverance. This is real getting free. And staying free. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. But when you see and know truth. You must acknowledge. That you see it. And you know it. Oh man, give me a sinner that knows they're a sinner any day over a line shifty Christian. (laughs) No matter what I'm talking about. You know, give me a guy who's cussing and drinking and doing drugs but you look at him and and he says, yeah, I'm a sinner. I know it. I know it ain't right. You got something to work with. At least y'all are in the truth. But somebody that's doing stuff and hiding it and covering it and acting like, Oh, what? What do you mean? I don't know. What are you talking? And get indignant. What are you talking about? What are you accusing me of? (laughs) Friend, this is nothing short of devilish. This is exactly what the devil does. Rejecting the truth. Twisting and leading astray. And trying to persuade and convince that a lie is truth. Friend, do not do it. Don't do it. If you've done it in the past, repent and stop. Because you can't walk with the Lord like this. If you say you're walking with Him and you walk in that kind of darkness, you're lying. There's no way that you can be. Oh, but what's the good news? Even if you've sinned, even if you violated light terribly and for a long time, if we'll confess our sins, if we'll acknowledge the truth, If we'll get real with God, if we'll just lay it all on the altar and bear our heart and soul before Him, He will forgive us, He will cleanse us, and then we can walk in the light as He is in the light and be free, glory to God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, lift up your hands and give Him praise and give Him thanks. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.